0: Welcome to the Multiverse of Badness podcast, the podcast where we dissect media down into their more digestible bloody bits. I am your host, Mike, and before we introduce our guest and our comic today, I would be remiss in my duties not to introduce the sirloin-style hunk of comic book-loving man-meat, a comedian, a bassist, an all-around good guy, and my co-host, Zach from the Bale bastard Band. How are you today, Zach. Uh, Blindsided about how
1: nice you were to me in the introduction of that episode. We got into a swing, I found, of uh, really kind of trying to dethrone each other at the top of the show. But we've turned over a new leaf, Mike. I think our friendship is finally starting to cement itself. But talking about friction, talking about fighting, we are joined for today's book by none other than JVD of Crossover Collision.
2: Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, I've got to be honest; I'm a bit upset. I thought by now that Mike would already been removed from the podcast, <laughs> and Eugene Patillo had already took a spot with hosting duties. <laughs> so I'm very upset that I'm actually on an episode with Mike, and you know, the Frogman's not here yet. Well,
1: I mean, you know, we'll have to wait for the Frogman to make an appearance. But God damn it, JVD, you are the next best thing. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Now, before we get into uh, the meat of today's book, that's a nice little pun for you. Tell us a little bit about your podcasting
2: portfolio. Okay, uh, as we talked a little bit off air, it's kind of huge. Um, I run a little podcast network. I, I, I say network loosely. Called The Villains of Man. We've been doing things since 2015. We started out on YouTube. There's a ton of content we have on YouTube, and then we decided to go audio. Uh, our main podcast is Crossover Collision, which is a fictional battle podcast where we take two of your favorite characters 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 in fiction, break down everything they can do. And then we discuss important combat scenarios between them Um, here. Probably within the week, we're returning our D and D RPG tabletop, RPG podcast, the last tavern on the left. So you can look out for that. And then there's my love child that no one cares about the deadly podcast of Kung Fu, which I traverse the continuity of Marvel's most prolific martial artist in iron fist and Shang Chi.
0: Yeah. And for a man who takes his, Internet persona after Jean-Claude Van Damme, the deadly Pasta, the Deadly podcast of Kung Fu makes a lot of sense. The, <laughs> the deadly pasta. The deadly pasta.
2: Pasta is not on the Creepy menu Creepy pasta, today. but don't no, know. we are
0: talking the deadly pasta. That kind of leads into what our subject is today, but it does not involve pasta. It involves some weird shit that I don't want to spoil yet, but I will tell people who it involves as far as the character and what comic produced it. This is a Dark Horse Comics legendary character Who goes by the name of Cal McDonald, who you might know from the Criminal Macabre series. But this is a one-off issue based on this character that is, from what I've seen, what I've reviewed about the Criminal Macabre, it's a very good read. But this one is wild. It is called Love Me Tenderloin, brought to us by none other than JVD here. So we are excited to get into this one. It's going to be a meaty read. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, um, you know, like when I first started listening to you guys' podcast, I'm like, man, I know plenty enough crazy comics to throw these guys a bone with, no pun intended here. With a, and I was like, man, what could I do first? And I'm like, love me tenderloin. It's out there, but when you look at it, you're like, this is crazy. But it's actually a, a pretty good story, in my humble opinion.
1: Oh, completely agreed. It's a, a gritty little horror noir which kind of ticks all of my boxes when it comes to things that are going to grab my attention so i'm very happy that you have brought this forward for our lovely comic book podcast i lost all uh, faith in that sentence and that's
0: okay because i'm going to tie it together you know what checks all my boxes setting on the toilet and being scared shitless by a ghoul which is exactly how this story starts out we get cal mcdonald obviously hung over from the day, the seven days, the seven years prior, not having a good time, sitting on his shitter, when suddenly a ghoul shows up, who goes by the name of Moloch. We find out later, and we kind of aren't surprised by this if you're if you have an understanding of how Cal McDonald goes. This happens to him on the regular.
2: Yeah, more regular than what he's on the crapper in his book. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be anywhere when you get
1: scared to death by a ghoul, I guess on the toilet's okay, because when you do inevitably void your bowels, at least it's uh, an easy clean-up. <laughs> so <laughs> I did a little bit of research. Yes, it turns out that Carl MacDonald, uh, in the lore of this story and the many others that take place... And JVD, you can correct me if I'm mistaken on this. There is a prophesized war between the monsters and, like, humanity and the ghouls who have a truce. And the ghouls believe Cal to be, like, some figurehead in the
2: victory that they have foretold in said war. Uh, Yeah, he's pretty much the, like, Ash Williams of Army of Darkness. Crossover I want to see right there. Fucking
0: A. (laughs) Definitely. So we get a quick phone call as well, because Zach is popping pills on the toilet. We get a call because... There's a victim with a lot of blood down at a meat packing plant, and apparently Cal is known to solve these weird type of murders, so some broad calls him and works for the police, and she's like, Yeah, come down, check this shit out. We need some help. I mean, are we gonna
1: completely ignore the fact that you said that it was me popping pills on the toilet? I wasn't gonna say anything,
2: but <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, that's staying in. I mean, it's the pill the pills are why you called me Jean-Claude Bandit. Right. <laughs> You know what? I'm old. Damn it! Leave me
0: alone. I, I fucked up Rob Liefeld's <laughs> name in the last episode. I'm fucking up Zach and Cal McDonald's name. I'm fucking up. Just, yeah, just take me out to pasture. Shoot me now. Replace me with the Frogman. Fuck all process
2: you, you in this meat plant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> As you were saying, Mike, the
1: lieutenant phones Cal McDonald to let him know that a meaty, meaty murder has happened in the Romero meat processing plant, and that. As a spooky private investigator, he needs to get down there and figure out what the fuck just happened.
0: So now what we end up with, of course, is a bloody mess. And come to find out, it's not human blood here. You get the forensic analyst who's like, no, this is cow blood, people.
2: My favorite part right after this is when she talks to Moloch. She's like, you look a little pale. Is your sugar alone? He's like, it is. Because he's green.
1: Yes, <laughs> 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 he absolutely no shame in it. I, I did like it. was like, is your blood... Yes, it is, all right? Fuck off. Give me a Snickers bar or fuck <laughs> off. Really satisfied. <laughs> I also liked how impatient the uh, the coroner, the forensic detective, is. She's like, I've got this blood. I know what it is. But I still have to goddamn drive all the way back downtown, process it, and write <laughs> up a report.
0: Yeah, and what I failed to mention, and this is on me, is that there's also a murder that took place. And the blood didn't belong to the corpse, which is how we found out it's cow's blood. So we have a corpse who didn't bleed, a whole bunch of blood, cow's blood. And there's some conversation as to
2: who may have caused this, if you would like to discuss that, JVD how being the very intelligent detective he is what what sets him off is the pile of meat beside the dead body shaped in the pile of meat and uh he starts to realize you know like hey maybe you should check into this building because he realizes it's new and he thinks that hey being his line of work there's probably more to this than what he thinks and uh it turns into a bet between him and moloch over lieutenant Berger and how long it's going to take her to figure that out (laughs) And it turns out
1: it was under half an hour. And goddammit, Cal wins the bet. Moloch owes him a fiver.
0: <laughs> and from here, we start getting the story unfold. For everyone that may recall, this is the Romero Meat meatpacking plant. And the dead man on the floor is actually the owner of the plant. And he owned a building. And come to find out, we're trying to figure out exactly why he's dead, who would have killed him. And we find out he is a sleazy real estate guy to boot. So he came across this property, buying it about six months prior. One of the people that he bought it from is missing and the other happens to be the chick he's shagging right now. So it seems like there may be a little bit of tomfoolery going on here. And maybe, just maybe, Mr. Romero and said woman had something to do with the disappearance of her husband.
2: And uh, Cal all bases this on watching Columbia.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do love that they... As you
1: say, Cal just seems to have like a a sixth sense to just understand a crime and let it unfold, as you pointed out, due to his love of shit police procedural TV. But I love that to get more evidence in the meatpacking plant, they have to go to the Natural History Museum and you find out that the curator is already really mad at Cal, because last time he was there,
0: he's destroyed a load of exhibits. But fortunately, he was able to procure from said curator a device that would allow him to look into said concrete so he could see, because he has a theory that maybe... Now, again, you have to realize that Cal is... He's not supernatural himself, but he's been around enough of this shit to realize when something smells supernatural. And he and Moloch decide maybe we ought to look more into this missing guy. So they go back to the meatpacking plant. And sure enough, they find his skeleton entombed in concrete at the meatpacking plant.
2: And then surprisingly, as they are uncovering the body where the pile of meat was laying, they are attacked by a possessed pile of meat in the shape of a man.
1: So up until this point, I was like... I, th- I thought this book was going to be wacky. It's just kind of like a, a bit of a supernatural detective story. And then you get a splash page and a quite literal splash page from all of the meaty juices of an uncooked barbecue of rage, smashing <laughs> Morlock out of the way and
2: flying towards Cal. And what makes it great is like, even more his ribs are, he has a rack of ribs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they'd love to tell you in this too. I love that it, said specifically, let me see if I can find the quote, said that he was meat and meat parts. So not just meat, parts of meat. I'm imagining just not only big slabs of steak, I'm imagining just little bitty gross entrails everywhere. This is, this is one gross-looking motherfucker, and I can only imagine to see him in real life. We talk about wanting to see Swarm in the MCU. I want to see this meat monster make his way to fucking movies because he's going to be a thing of glory to behold. I have to say, though, probably my second
1: favorite meat monster in comic books, if you've read Preacher, the giant meat lady totem (laughs) that is featured in that uh, is... That's very true. I forgot all about
2: that. That is horrifying. (laughs) I remember the first time I read that, and that really genuinely made me feel a bit sick. (laughs) And this fight's pretty interesting. It's almost like you would expect a fight at a meat packaging processing factory to go to like a uh, cow grabs the meat hook and he's like think of it as tenderizing and he starts beating on him, and then he actually bites a <laughs> steak that's on the monster's shoulder
0: <laughs> explain to me this last image before we see cal and moloch setting in a big bloody pile of meat what do they do when the onomatopoeia is
2: schlumpf what happens Schloopf. <laughs> <then? laughs> Okay. See, this is why I think that um, you need. There's a little bit of back reading you need to go because Cal is almost like a low grade Constantine. He knows like some incantations, a little spells, and I think I've always implied it, that he said like a little incantation that would just make the spirit that possesses the meat vanish. Okay.
1: See, I read it as the monster meat man. Uh, notices because in the next panel after this on the next page you see uh, the lieutenant come back into the room to update them on the whereabouts of the third party Uh, I thought it was like the creature seeing that and being like disappear so they're left as you see in the panel with her
2: walking in and Cal and Moloch sitting in a pile of meat and blood maybe the meat monster leaves because it wants information on where its wife is based on the last panel where he says, Alicia. (laughs)
1: Well, I mean, that's a very good point. And you bring us exactly back on track because I realized we didn't mention the body that they find encased in concrete is the missing party from the original owners, the husband and wife, who originally owned the building where the Romero meat packing plant was. Obviously, we kind of put together that the ghost that is possessing the meat is the unresting spirit of the murdered
0: husband. So as Zach mentioned, the husband is most likely the meat monster. We're not 100% sure of that, but considering he knows the ex-wife and his body's entombed in concrete, we're going to make that assumption at this point, which is, come to find out, a pretty valid assumption. Which is very Cal McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> but we are introduced to Alicia, Who, still at this point, the monster is kind of angry, it seems, with Alicia. And the line of questioning to her is very pointed. So much so that the belief is that maybe she had something to do with killing her ex-husband. And suddenly we are, again, reintroduced to the meat man. As he busts into the interrogation room and he's about ready to just kill his ex-wife. But... Cal has something that he's pieced together that most people probably haven't.
1: So I love, you know, you'd expect this giant fight to break out and you have uh, all of the other people in the room stood to one side watching what's about to unfold. But when it seems that Cal and the meat monster are just talking, you get all these
2: shots of everyone else being like, what the fuck is he doing? (laughs) Like, what what is going on here? (laughs) Imagine what they think when this pile of meat comes rolling into the police station, because right before it makes its appearance on the opposite side of the wall, there's an officer who says, what the hell is that? And then pile of meat monster.
1: (laughs) But I guess if you are in the periphery of Cal McDonald, it's not totally out of the blue, I can imagine, for something like this to happen on an almost daily basis.
2: no.
0: (laughs) I have looked at some of Cal's other stuff from Criminal Macabre, and at least from what I've seen, and JVD can obviously correct me and expand on this, it seems like a lot of what has happened in Cal's periphery here is we get werewolves, we get ghouls, we get vampires, but is this the first time we've ever gotten something as disgusting as an entire slab of Cal parts slapped
2: together and enchanted? This is a first for Hal. Um, before this, it's all vampires, zombies, ghouls, werewolves. Uh, yeah, this is a first in his career. And
1: well, I'm glad that we've, uh, we've decided that this is, you know, just no run-of-the-mill universal monsters on the multiverse of badness. Thank you very much. We want the sloppy meat parts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I do wonder of this, and explain this to me, because we get to see the image where before Cal explains why he believes that Michael here is innocent. We get to see Cal being choked by said meat monster. How hard would like meat pieces have to be crammed together before they could actually choke someone? It just seems like they would all kind of like sloppily go around his neck and not really hurt, hurt him. You kidding
2: me? He's entirely made out of muscle. <laughs> and, and a side of ribs. And a side of ribs. And, you know, it's like a, a tendon groat, you know, right around the throat. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I stand corrected. It's got to be really cold, though, like cold
1: and wet. Like it's Not only, like, it would be terrifying being crushed, like having your throat crushed and being killed, but just the general feeling and smell of it can't be that pleasant.
2: This is what you should do. You should go to Twitter and take a picture of yourself, like choking yourself with like a like a porterhouse. <laughs> and like put that on, you know, Instagram or something and let us know how it feels. You know, JVD, we
0: don't have many followers as it is. If you're trying to lose us more followers, let's just start putting bloody bits of beef around our hands and start choking ourselves with it. We might get visited by a psychiatrist, but I don't think we're going to gain followers this way. So I'll still listen. (laughs) Well, we appreciate that. (laughs) So at this point, however, Michael, the meat monster, is about ready to kill Cal. And then Cal's like, nah, man, this wasn't your wife. This was the Romero dude, by the way. He killed you and stole your wife. She's innocent, so you can just stop being a dick to us because the guy's already dead. She already killed the problem. But in a way to solve it in a non-violent manner, Cal
1: really quite literally takes one for the team <laughs> uh, by taking the ghost, the tortured soul of Michael the Meat Monster into his body to transfer it into a corpse in the
0: morgue so that he can have one last hurrah. Is this a permanent transferal? Is this a one-time transfer? Alicia seems 100% fine with being with a dead body. I'm not sure why he couldn't have just stayed a meat monster. That may make for better sexual play than a rotting corpse. I don't know, but where's this leading? Is this going to be a permanent situation where she and this corpse just go on? Or is this, like Zach said, is this a one-time thing?
2: Uh, I don't think it's permanent at all. I think later on in the book, they do mention it's just momentarily, almost like they get that... Uh moment of like you know togetherness before he actually passes on gotcha
0: okay i may have missed that either way i I would have much rather seen her making out with a meat monster than a hugging a corpse it's just
2: because for real like
1: to you know uh, elaborate on what mike said cal spews the ghost into a john doe that they have in the county mall and an old man at that yeah a frail little naked old man. You can imagine he's probably been dead for a few days. He's not smelling too ripe. And she fully embraces him like it's her husband. Yes, it is in spirit,
0: but absolutely not in flesh. Okay, so now here's our question. Now, this is a crossover collision style question. Who would you rather hug and, like, spend the last moments of your dead significant other with? Would you rather them be a hawking meat man or would you rather them to be the rotting corpse of an old man jvd
2: i want to take the meat man because uh once the ghost leaves the body i have dinner <laughs> okay that a lot of dinner at that zach i'm not sure you can defeat that
1: argument but what would you say I honestly love the idea of one of those monthly meat subscription
0: boxes, but you also get closure. What a lovely idea. (laughs) So is that what you do? You get the monthly meat subscription and it actually like delivers itself to your door, walks in, puts itself in the freezer? Is that just how
1: this works? It would be pretty horrific watching it just peel bits of itself off and
2: chuck them in the oven. (laughs) That's a moneymaker to me. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think we have a clean sweep here. Meat monster over dead, rotting old man. And that pretty much wraps up this Fucking insane comic book. Unless there's anything else anyone else would like to add, because this was a ride.
2: No, this is pretty much the end. The only thing is, at the end, you realize that all the corpses in the morgue set up. The very last page
1: does lead into a potential story to spin off of this, but my question for that is,
0: are they all possessed by Michael? It's a good question, because I don't think you ever find out. And does that actually mean maybe when... Cal threw up on the original corpse, maybe that wasn't Michael reanimated. Maybe it's just some perverted old ghost that's like, hey, yeah, I'm Michael. Now I can get with this hot lady.
2: And get a handy. (laughs) Get Uh, something. uh.
0: (laughs) Exactly. He just wanted wanted to go out in style. So more power to him. Either way, she's getting with a dead body, so she's kind of a freak to begin with. So with all that said, I think we are going to wrap up our story time, but... We have a little more to do here. Those things would be bring Cal or something in this story into the real world slash movie slash pop culture and rate this comic on a scale of one to five, given an odd way of rating. So, Zach, which would you rather do first? Sometimes we go one, sometimes we go the other. What are you feeling, buddy? So just before I forget it, I had an amazing idea for how I would bring
1: a theme or a story plot of this into modern pop culture. I would love to see a sitcom of a grieving lady whose husband is brought back to her, but in the corpses of an entire county morgue, like a hive mind of corpses that are possessed by the spirit of her recently deceased husband and the wacky hijinks that they could get up to.
2: All right. Adorable. JVD, what do you think? What I would do is um, I would play something like a Cal McDonald type character in a Dr. Phil situation (laughs) where the people that come on are people like this meat monster. And then um, or you could do a Jerry Springer type bit where Moloch is like Steve while, you know, Cal is Jerry. And you get the um, shenanigans that you would get with that show with these monsters, per se. Judge Judy, Moloch's the bailiff hey I'll take that
1: yes I would oh my god like a paranormal talk show would be absolutely fantastic you know we might be onto something here guys in fact fuck yeah let's just delete this episode and keep this idea (laughs) oh just just edit this part
0: out (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah JVD decided he was going to abstain from telling us his idea because he's <laughs> running off to make millions of dollars. So now I have to give you my idea. Not nearly as good as the last two, but I was thinking, giving that the meat monster's name was Mike, maybe we get a magic Mike situation where we have a meat monster that actually strips at the local male strip joint.
2: That's a lot of meat to swing around. <laughs>
0: that is a lot of meat. <laughs> so that's my idea. Now we do have to rate this issue. Zach, on a scale of one to five somethings, what would you rate this? I will rate this book out of five
1: reanimated John Doe's. And honestly, it's going to be another high-scoring one for me because this, again, was really, really far... It was so far up my street, it was practically in my kitchen. (laughs) Uh, It's got noir elements. It's got blood and guts. It's got a grumpy anti-hero protagonist who doesn't love a drunk detective. Uh, I will give this a four out of five reanimated John Does. All right.
2: Hey, I like that. For uh, somebody who's new to the book, that warms my heart. (laughs) Why, thank you for bringing it to my attention.
0: JVD, I'm going to assume that this is at least a four, but we're going to find out what that number is and what your rating system is.
2: Okay, um, I'm basing my rating for the fact that I've read before this and obviously very far after this. Um, And I'm going to rate mine on Haunted cans of potted meat <laughs> um i'm gonna give this a three um uh-huh. this was still very new to me when Cal mcdonald come out um when he hit the mainstream out of dark horse presents this is the second story now when i first read it it was great it's a four or five but considering the stories i know that come after some of the stories before on these Cal mcdonald scale of horror stories this is a three
1: Ah, there we go. There's better things to look
2: forward to. I'm, looking, I'm excited yes, um, about that. I do recommend the story before this. It is awesome.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> if you rate this not on other Cal McDonald
2: stories, but as a standalone
0: versus other types, comics, etc., is it then a four and a half at least?
2: Oh, I would say it's a four or maybe a five okay. because uh, this is my type of horror. You know, very Ash Williams, Evil Dead type horror. Yeah, this is very high on the scale to me. So, Okay, great. Yeah, there's actually a panel.
0: I don't know what page it is, but he looks straight up like Ash Williams. So, yeah, this is <laughs> definitely inspired by uh, the s employee we've all come to know and love.
2: And to throw a little bit out there, he's actually later modeled after Thomas Jane, the guy that played the Punisher in the early 2000s. Oh, wow. In the books. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, he clearly looks like him just on covers.
1: I was about to say, I did see a couple of covers when I was doing my research earlier that are quite clearly just photos of Thomas Jane.
2: <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. Now, is that a different artist, however? uh, Yes and no. The, after this book, we pick up a different artist. Okay, so. well, I got you. I got
0: you. So I will make my rating quick since we're finding some interesting things out, which is more interesting than my rating. I am going to give this out of five. I'm going to give this a solid four, four and a half. Uh, I do love this style of book. The dialogue was very good. I think you kind of figured it out with a name like Love Me Tenderloin, where it was going, but you weren't 100% sure. It was a wild ride. Really enjoyed it, but I didn't tell you what I rated it on. I'm going to rate this 4.5 hungover hours spent on a toilet. (laughs) Getting the shit scared out of you. By ghouls. that Just (laughs) show up. Yeah, just show up in your bathroom, Unexpected. Oh, it's a like, toilet ghoul is
1: the
2: worst kind of ghoul you can have, especially on a hangover. Yeah, especially when they reach up from underneath and, like, their hand comes up to your legs.
1: Isn't it in the movie Ghoulies, or possibly Ghoulies 2, that one does pop out of a toilet? That's or what I was going with.
0: <laughs> Wowzers. So with that said, no toilet ghouls were injured during this episode. A few meat monsters were eaten, and hungovers were happening, and shits occurred. But all that said, we would like to thank... Our guest, JVD, from One Billion Podcast, the primary one being the crossover collision that I know. And we'll let JVD tell us a little more how to reach him if you would like, and your podcast on the social medias, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Um, just to make it short and simple, uh, you can follow me on Twitter where I comment with these guys all the time, at and through that Twitter account, you'll find everything else.
0: First off, thank you, JVD, for being a guest again. I'm not sure if I said that. Oh, thanks for having me. It has been a lot of fun. And as you mentioned, we banter back and forth on the Twitters. And if you would like to banter back and forth with JVD and us on the Twitters, you can reach us at Multiverse of Bad on the Twitters. You can reach us at Multiverse of Badness on the TikToks, the Instagrams, or even the Facebooks. And finally, if you just want to say really bad things about my family, you can do so with your voice. At 1 949 3939 391. We also can be reached via email. Zach, would you like to tell the Multiverse of Badness Mob Squad how they can do that?
1: I mean, I honestly can't say this enough, Mob Squad. These are real, actual email addresses. Please email us at We Know You and Your Meat King Boyfriend Killed Your Husband at MultiverseOfBadness.com You can email us at Toilet ghouls scaring the shit out of you when you've got a hangover at multiverseofbadness.com and you can email us at the entombed corpse of a jilted lover who will one day come back as a rotting pile of meat to attack the person who stole his wife and then eventually end up as a dress for Lady Gaga at multiverseofbadness.com.
0: God, I hope someone actually tries to send it there. I'm assuming it works. We've never had an email address that long. So (laughs) give it a shot, Mob Squad. If it doesn't work, come back and sue us. But if you really (laughs) want to sue us, call us first. Maybe we can work out a settlement. You can reach us at 1-949-3939-391. With that said, thank you once again, Mob Squad, for checking us out. Thank you, JVD, for being here. Thank you, Zach, for putting up with this terrible co-host you're stuck with. But most importantly, thank you, world, for being a part of our
1: multiverse of badness.
2: I'm not going to lie, this book made me hungry. If it makes you feel <laughs> better, I'm grilling <laughs> pork steaks for dinner tonight. So I figured it fit the bill today.